0: Hey everyone, and welcome back to RPG r I'm one of your hosts, Jess Geyer. I'm one half of One Games, and I make tabletop role playing games. And if I sound a little tired, it's because I got twice vaccinated last night, and I apologize for my lackadaisicalness. And I'm here as always with my co-host Craig Campbell. Hello, Craig.
1: Hi, Jess. Double vax.
0: Yes. Both different, arms.
1: Different arms. Both arms. Yes. Oh, ugly. Um. Uh, Yeah, I'm Craig Campbell, and I'm the owner of Nerdburger Games, um, and I uh, received a vaccine about a week ago, and my shoulder is still sore because this particular one really did a number on me. Um, So uh, we are here with a guest, um, and so I'm going to introduce our guest um, and then also ask uh, Liana, number one, have you been recently vaccinated against anything? Number two, um, who are you and what do you do in the world of tabletop role-playing games?
2: Hello, my name is Leon McKenzie. I am the owner and uh, co-owner uh, of Valorous Games, um, co- co-writer for Valor, our tabletop system based on anime. This will be extremely relevant very soon. Uh, put a pin <laughs> in that. Um, I uh, and yes, I have. I uh, so I I am currently undergoing chemotherapy. Uh, I have a, a I have colon cancer. Uh, very survivable. I'm doing as fine as can be. Uh, mm. But I got vaxed right before because I am heavily immunocompromised. So those of you who are getting vaxxed, please, uh, please keep it up because it helps people like me uh, be able to kind of exist in in public, um, and it makes things much easier for and safer for us. So we do appreciate that.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, it's better if we got to take care of our whole community, everybody. Um, Liana, as you as you hinted, um, we are we have an anime themed episode. I was very excited that you chose this uh, topic on our list. Um, today we're talking about isekai, and I would like to uh, give you the opportunity to talk to us about what isekai is and give us a little overview as we begin our topic.
2: Absolutely. So, as as the the writer of an anime. Inspired tabletop RPG. Uh, I I keep my ear to the ground for anime trends. Uh, isekai is a general kind of. I don't necessarily want to call it a genre so much as a writing convention, um, because there are a lot of kind of subgenres and subcategories within it. Um, it it's always been um, a pretty popular thing in in kind of anime and even Western fiction. Uh, it's the concept of being transported to another world. So, a often it's a person uh, from like the modern era getting sent into either the far flung past or like a fantasy world, or um, just some kind of other. Uh, you'll see like virtual worlds for with MMO RPGs, um, and you've seen it a lot. I mean, Peter Pan would be considered an isekai.
0: Oh my for gosh! Example. I've never um, thought about
2: that. <laughs> it absolutely is, though. Or <laughs> yeah. like you know, a kid in King Arthur's court would be considered yes. an isekai, um, page master isekai. For uh, those of you who who remember, and I'm dating myself horribly, by bring <laughs> that one up. Um, well, I
1: I can mention labyrinth, and I'll date myself even labyrinth.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Getting getting pulled into the world by by David Bowie's fabulousness is is definitely it (laughs) um never-ending story would be another one Mm. so very popular even in western fiction um in japan you see a lot of it um i believe uh kind of some of the earliest ones are uh or a battler done by by yoshiyuki tomina of gundam fame uh where he has a very like it's like Isekai and it's war and because it's Tomino, like everyone dies at the end, but maybe they revive. Um, but it's also a mecha series with like these cool kind of like fairy bug mechs. Um, and I I always appreciate seeing them when they show up in Super Robot Wars because uh, the mechs are cool, even if the the designs for all of the male leads are extremely uh boring, Tomino. Um but uh so that that would be considered isekai. Um, the Super Mario Brothers original live action movie is an isekai. Oh my <laughs> Um, But a lot of the early anime um, that kind of popularized isekai were actually led by women, which is very notable. You have something, some things like Inuyasha, Magical Knight Rare, uh, Escaflone, um, Twelve Kingdoms. These were all kind of women-led Um, but kind of, uh, there's, there'd always been sort of like the women-led and then you would still have some, some with more men or more male-led, like Digimon, for example, which was primarily male audience, uh, in theory, um, .hack sign, very notable, um, or early 2000s had a lesbian couple, uh, kind of revealed at the end, too, so, you know, you love to see it, Uh, and that was kind of the first major uh, trapped in a MMORPG type isekai, where the the protagonist Tsukasa is a young boy, question mark, um, who is trapped in an MMO and cannot log out, Um, and then uh, kind of what I would say what i see most people consider to be like the main turning point of the big boom of like the current isekai genre is Sword Art online um which was this big epic about like this uh this game that uh the creator traps everyone in and like puts a brain melty beam in the vr headset so like if you die in the game you die in real life um which is is its own trope um and that kind of popularized like the cool sort of suave uh, male protagonist who's super overpowered and can kind of uh, steamroll through anything and has like lots of women who are gorgeous uh, hanging off his every move. Um, but in kind of the current landscape, you see a lot of um, there. there's I believe it's like a website called Naro where people will publish their own their own fiction uh, web novels and stuff like that so a lot of like isekai and light novels will start there um in my opinion I tend to prefer the femme-led ones one because I am myself a woman and two because I feel like they tend to be a bit less overpowered protagonist, yes. just kind of steamrolls yeah. his way through life like some of my favorite isekai are like a sentence of a bookworm which is a wonderful wonderful like deeply realized fantasy world of this woman who loves books who gets trapped in the body of an extremely sickly five-year-old girl who um after after she after she dies very ironically in an earthquake in a library where she gets crushed under books um and then wishes to to live her life surrounded by books and instead ends up in a in a sort of medieval fantasy world where she is a peasant
0: you can uh, compare that to the opposite end of the stick, very male power fantasy right. of, like, overlord. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: which... Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, femme-led ones tend to be less supportive of the concept of slavery, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. isn't a thing that I feel like I should have to say, but is unfortunately <laughs> a thing that I have to say. Um, so it's it's a mixed bag. Um, and there are some very good, good uh, male-led isekai as well um even like in the overpowered protagonist like there was um other world pharmacy I think it was called which is like this um this doctor who who overworks himself trying to like synthesize cures and things like that and he reawakens as like the avatar of the god of medicine or something like that so he has all of these cool powers but he is using them to like preempt and cure the bubonic plague when it comes to his world and things like that so like in my eyes the best isekai stories are those who feature protagonists who have deep empathy for the people in the world around them and use what knowledge and abilities they have to make that world better
0: yeah i just watched um i just finished watching the saint's power is omnipotent which is based Mm -hmm. off of a light novel um and like it's like, I don't actually know who wrote the late novel. I don't know if it was, uh, like, what their gender was. But um, the lead character is a, a woman, and she's very, like, has a lot of empathy. She's trying to do her best for this world, even though she's been pulled out of her own world into this magical one. I, I do think, like, the idea of an isekai in general is so appealing to um, girls and, and like, really any anyone who is from a marginalized gender um i feel like it's super super appealing because it's like i i get to leave this place this this place that kind of sucks for me and come into this magical realm where the 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 problems are different but i i have a chance to start fresh everything's new i get to explore and if you know if you're in a in a land where Uh, you know everything is really cool and magical and and you get to be tougher than usual I mean that's just so appealing it's it I when I grew up when I was growing up I loved Inuyasha it was one of my absolute favorites and even that one like because Kagome can go back and forth kind of at will but it's like I don't know it's just very it's just very appealing to me to be like oh I'm secretly magical or I'm I, Uh I, I can go to this new place and that is just uh a big selling point to uh, the,
2: the saints' magical power is omnipotent, by the way, is written by one Yuka Tachibana, um, which is a feminine pen name at the very least, um, and is very likely written by a woman.
0: It's a romance, um, so um, it's regardless, it's <laughs> often, very, it's very woman centered. <laughs> yeah, of,
2: often, often those are written by women,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, but and that's the thing with isekai too, you don't have to be trapped, right? Um, that is not a requirement of isekai. Uh, often it is a thing that happens because, uh, it's a pretty simple way to raise the stakes in that situation. But two of the most seminal isekai of kind of the nineties, two thousands were, um, Inuyasha and Fushigigigi, both of which they were not traps. Mm-hmm. Um, they could go back. Um, but sometimes, you know, there might be consequences for that. Um, I'm just remembering now to uh, the the original D and D cartoon from like the 80s. I think it was also Isekai,
0: and that's that's a great kind of transition here because I think the idea of of playing in this kind of world where where at least one character, maybe all of the player characters, are transported into the fantasy realm or whatever realm you're playing in. And I think it does require some special actions and preparation on the part of the GM or on the part of the group, if you're playing a GM-less game, to make that happen uh-huh. in, in a way that's going to be fun for everyone. And that that's really kind of the topic of the day. Like, how are we going to take this idea, this, like you said, it's a style of writing, not necessarily a genre, but a style of writing or like a a, a set of plot devices. How can we take inspiration from that and put that into our... D and D game into our into our whatever we're playing. I'm obviously when I'm thinking of fantasy games, I think of D D first and foremost. It's the one that's on everyone, everyone's mind all the time. Um, and uh or but it could be anything, like you said, it could be any genre. Yeah, and later, maybe how we can write a game with this in mind, like how what kind of mechanics can support uh an isekai structure. So yeah, let's let's let's
2: dig into that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um do do you want me since uh I I came prepared as you might have uh <laughs> as you might have noticed. Yeah, of course. Yes, of yes course. please. <laughs> All right. So here having consumed a fair bit of isekai myself, um and I I will admit freely, isekai is not my favorite. Um I think a lot of them tend to be kind of trite and overplayed. Um I will check out ones led by men, if I like the pharmacy one, for example, if 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 I'm hearing good things, I tend to stick to the women-led ones for things that I actually consume for my own enjoyment. Um, but I, I make a point of consuming everything. General patterns I've noticed is if you are going to if you are going to write an isekai and you want it to be interesting, the isekai needs to mean something. Um in that there is yeah. there needs to be a good hook as to why why being from another world is going to make the play or the story interesting in in the world that they find themselves in so for example um in in a lot of in a lot of isekai people will come in like they'll be they'll get isekai'd into a video game they played for example so they know what's going to happen this is very common in the femme-led villainous genres where they're like i'm yeah i'm not trapped in my favorite otome game but oh no i'm the villainous and like i'm gonna get executed at the end so what do i do and then you have things like um bakarina is the is the uh is is the kind of the popular nomenclature but it's like my next life as a villainess all all roots lead to doom where she's like oh no i'm the villainess and i'm terrible and everyone hates me so i need to i need to like engineer my life around surviving and then she does this by being a giant golden retriever woman who's kind to everyone so like everyone ends up loving her instead the men yeah. and the women and that- um <laughs>
0: I I mean I'm just imagining like you could be like if you wanted your players all want to play like these you y'all you want to play vampires and demons uh-huh. and like all these like dark and like like traditionally quote unquote evil kinds of people you could all do that but also be good. You could
2: yeah, do this. Absolutely. I honestly here here's like if I were going to run an isekai here's something I would consider doing. I would start the campaign in a D&D world where everyone is playing like powerful adventures and then I would isekai them into the world of darkness <laughs> so a lot of their powers are a lot less yeah um, they might still be a mythic creature but they have to deal with this new reality and they have to deal with things like the veil and things like that um this is what we would call a reverse isekai um which one of my favorite male-led ones actually the devil is a part-timer yes
0: i'm watching that right with,
2: now where uh <laughs> where the demon lord said uh turns into a extremely dedicated and highly motivated mcdonald's worker <laughs> it's, it's McDonald's. Um, yeah uh, mcronald yeah yeah we know we know what that is um so, uh, i apologize so, if you can hear it my cat is screaming in the other room because oh, she's I can't hear any of this background noise, (laughs) but, um, so like I, I personally, I, I've always really liked the reverse isekai angle, but if you're going to do, for example, kind of the more standard, standard modern person into a fantasy setting, I often recommend characters who have knowledge that can be applicable. So for example, you might have a team of like a doctor or an engineer or something like that going into a medieval world. And this is a very common setup in the isekai genre. The idea that modern technology, even in a fantasy world or modern understanding of like medicine and disease or even like engineering or other, other kinds of like modern knowledge and learning will revolutionize even a, a magical fantasy world, especially in, mm-hmm. in the case of like most magical fantasy worlds where the elites tend to be the ones who have access to magic and they hoard it themselves. Um, this is this is in Ascendance, which I mentioned, this is realized quite horrifically in that any, because, because having magic but having no way to get it out uh, will kill you. The nobility who are the only ones, quote unquote, who can use magic just don't tell the peasants about their magical children and let those children die uh or go berserk and kill their families and that that's that's a price that they're willing to pay to keep the nobility as the only ones who have access to magic it's very horrific but it's super cool um so like if you have like a doctor for example who goes into and this is this has actually become quite common um there's uh, we're seeing that right now with um, Lady Elise in in the modern, uh, like in this season, uh, which is an isekai of a woman who, uh, and this one's wild because uh, this one's a manhwa, and like the Korean writers go go hard on <laughs> on some other isekai stuff where she um, she was a horrible person in her first life. She dies due to like um like she kind of leads leads her her husband who hates her down this dark path of war and like everyone dies and then so she wakes up in the modern world and she spends her life becoming a doctor to atone. she becomes this like world-class surgeon and then she dies in a plane crash after like they crash and there are a lot of injured people so so like she's you know she's like bleeding out but she's tending everyone else first and not taking care of herself so she dies And then she wakes up in her old body again, like before all of the war and shit went down. She's like, I need to not marry this guy who hates me and instead become a doctor.
0: (laughs) Double Um, (laughs) guy.
2: Yeah. Uh, So like it's kind of this whole like cyclical loop thing. So like it, it kind of hits both of those tropes of the I have foreknowledge of the future that I can use to change and maybe make things better. And also now I have skills as a doctor so I can bring my medical knowledge and learning to this world and help revolutionize it as well. Um, So that's, that's considered, I would say a, a, an easy route where a professional in our world gets isekai into another world. Uh, setting that up will require you to actually play a game where like knowledge and skills really matter. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I know, um, D&D has always been kind of squirrely about, like, um, especially in d and I feel like it's common that you just have obligatory skills that you can generally be expected to hit the challenging DCs at that time. Um, honestly, what I would probably do is I would give them, like, I would let them creatively use that extra knowledge. So probably like have, start with an enhanced skill level already and then let them pull in kind of that anachronistic knowledge, um, which may or may not be difficult depending on the knowledges that your party has since a non-doctor playing a doctor wouldn't necessarily know what to look at without having done heavy research.
0: Yeah, you can fudge it a little bit. Like as a GM, like, oh, well this is how it works here and you can figure it out this way and kind of just like uh-huh. lampshade it and, um i think i think doing anything where you're pulling a modern character into a non-modern world you're gonna have to lampshade a lot of stuff it, especially like you said especially if it's all skill-based knowledge-based like oh you're an herbalist i don't know shit about mushrooms uh-huh. or plants we're just gonna kind of budget. It'll be fine. And as a
2: as a GM, there's there's a pretty simple way you can do this where and this is something I always advocate for, but I know a lot of a lot of hard- hardcore tabletop people have trouble with. Don't always require skill checks. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're doing an isekai. If this is something that a doctor character should know, just say, just tell them what's going on. Let them have that knowledge, and make the challenge figuring out how to deal with it. Um, and like the pharmacy one I mentioned earlier, uh, Otherworld Pharmacy, I think, is the title of that one. Um, Pharma, the 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 main character, uh, he he has power to like synthesize medicines, and he has this major knowledge. And he even has the power to like diagnose diseases, um, with like a special site thing. But a lot of, a lot of what he's doing comes down to figuring out how to organize a response to the thing that he knows is happening. Um, and that can involve political maneuvering since he comes in as a young boy, basically. So like, how do I get the people in power to listen to me? Um, And how do I mobilize the great response? Like when the bubonic plague is coming, he knows it's coming. He knows what it does. He knows how it's transmitted. He knows generally how to handle it, but he needs to, to do that, especially in the medieval world, he needs to do heavy mobilization. Um, And that requires a lot of trust and a lot of people. And thankfully he's built it by the time he gets there. So that makes that easier. But um, it's, it's really emphasizing that, okay, so you know this already, but what does that mean? Yeah, how am I going to mobilize that knowledge that I have to impact this world? And that's where I think isekai really shines. It's the challenge isn't isn't acquiring the knowledge. the challenge is executing, which tends to make for more fun adventures anyway, right? because um, it's it's about the action, not about the the secret. Absolutely.
1: That's kind of what I was thinking about, too, when you were talking about, like, you know, like, let the doctor cure the thing or or treat the thing to the point of being manageable. But it's a question of like, well, if you need to get, you know, if there's a regent who is ill with the disease, like that regent is surrounded by bodyguards and sages who think they know how to protect the, the, the regent. And like how you, you could have a whole series of adventures of just finding a way to get them to trust you getting or sneaking in and getting access through other means with like some local thieves guild. That's going to like get you into the castle Um and just go in there and, you know, do what you need to do. And like the, so the doctoring part of it becomes like, well, you're a doctor, you know how to do this thing. Like this is well within your, your understanding. It's not a doctor skill check. It's like all the other checks it takes to get to uh-huh. the point where you can doctor or all the other checks it takes to get you to the point where you can apply your understanding of, you know, uh, engineering to, to convince, like, you know, if there's, how are we going to stop these war machines? Like, well, we can build war machines that will destroy them. It's like battle bots, but like war machine size, like that can be fun, but like but an engineer can come up with all that stuff let them be imaginative and figure out all the cool ways that one war machine can smash another war machine. But now you have to get the army to believe that this is something that's feasible and and yeah. work to mobilize the, the the workforce that's necessary to get that and get the resources there to make it happen and maybe that requires getting you know certain guilds on your side in order to mobilize those resources and all that sort of thing
0: or you know if you're if you're doing an isekai where you're transported into the body of like you're transported into your favorite uh <laughs> uh video game and you're the villain well now you're the villain <laughs> trying to help everybody everyone's going to think that you were lying everyone's going to think that you're you're trying to kill everybody again because that's
2: what you've always done or (laughs) you're gonna
1: have to save a lot of puppies (laughs) to
2: convince them otherwise (laughs) well yeah and and you can like uh this is a popular one too have a good party get get isekai into the blood war for example (laughs) it's like congratulations you are now you know, you normal people with knowledge of like medicine or, or engineering, whatever. You're all demons. <laughs> what do?
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that could be so fun. And then the players, because then you get you get the opportunity as a player to not just make one character, but to make two characters. And that's everybody's favorite thing. You can have a whole villainous backstory, but then you also have your whole nice guy hero backstory. That, that would be, for me, so fun to play in i would like to like make this really cool like war tactician evil demon person from the pits of hell and then i have like a little meek librarian from earth who doesn't know (laughs) anything and is super nice and (laughs) doesn't want to hurt anybody uh i think that that like playing something like that would be so fun for me and i think also as a GM, it would be really fun for me to do because then I can pull some of the surprise. It's your long lost lover that you don't know about because this is not actually you. Like you could do so many fun tricks with as a GM that way, like pull out surprises and like, oh, yeah, you didn't know that's how the world worked because you're not from this world. You didn't know that this was a thing in your character's background because they're not actually you. Like there's so many cool tricks you could play. You could
2: that also actually, that actually reminds me of another isekai trip that is very w- worth mentioning. If you get put into a grown body, how much of that body's memories do you get?
0: Yes. Oh, oh, like the, the the ideas can flow. Like <laughs> there's so many, be- <laughs> and uh, obviously you should talk to your players about that. But you can keep a little bit of that mystery, because um, because it should be kind of mysterious. For that's the thing that I really like about a lot of the a lot of the isekai shows that I that I've seen or the the manga I've read um, is that sometimes it's just left completely a mystery. Like, how did this happen? Why did this happen? Um, and sometimes it's like the mystery to solve or how do we get out of that? Like in the case of log horizon, um, how do we get back home? Are we ever going to get back home? How do we figure out the mechanics of this world? Like all of that can be very fun to do as both a player and GM. And you can you don't have to have everything figured out. You can kind of explore those ideas together as you play. Um, I think another another area where you could and you, you kind of hinted at that this too, Liana. Like you could also play with, given everyone's on board, um, the idea of like a, a gender role in a society. So you could play for example modern people maybe you're in a Mr Darcy Pride and Prejudice Jane Austen book club and then you all get transported to the regency era as modern day women into the regency era where you don't have the same kind of uh, society you don't have the same kind of rights as a as a woman in that world and you could all play good society together with that as like your over your tent over your whole story there there's a lot of Again, given everyone's on board, a lot of fun.
2: You can do Oops, we suffragettes now. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. I think that would be really fun, really fun to do. Transported into the past. Now I'm a suffragette. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: What What about doing that sort of thing, but then gender flipping? Put the men from the modern day into the position of historical people who don't have the power and privilege and Uh I mean obviously you want to play a group that's down with that and the Uh, men aren't going to to, the men aren't going you know Mm -hmm. the people aren't going to nobody's going to treat it like um vacationing and and play you know cliches and stuff but actually like have to kind of critically think about what does this mean to be in this sort of a position I don't have experience with this you know, there can be a lot of really interesting discussions at the table as long as you keep things respectful and kind of think about it, approach it in a thoughtful way In a, and, that, you know, and be mindful on, of everything.
2: Yeah. And that's something, honestly, I wish the isekai genre did more with like trans narratives.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Even like the, I went to another world and I'm a woman now, like me as a trans femme, where it's like, you know, I, I had to live my life as a, as a man, but, like, now I'm a woman, and it's like, oh, this is, this is what, this is, this is what it was supposed to feel like, so you can kind of play with that gender euphoria of, like, the trans experience, and something I really wish you would see more in isekai, um, because it's such a rife territory for being able to explore gender and sexuality and things like that, um, in a very Absolutely. interesting way, um, So for for groups that are interested in that, I think it's a very, very fertile ground to tell some very impressive narratives. Actually, one of our uh, players in Valor, um, who's in in our our overall community, has like a VR MMO isekai thing, and she also is trans femme, so she, she does a lot of trans narratives with that, which is very cool.
0: I mean it kind of is a mirror of our own experiences playing games. I know that I experimented a lot with gender and sexuality when I was playing games, playing TTRPGs um as a teen and like there 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 definitely is a connection there. Um and yeah, I think I think a lot of people would find some really good conversation and some really good theme building even in a short like it doesn't even have to oh, be absolutely. Like it could be just something short. I've played a lot of games where you're you're sitting around telling a story, um, and and just thinking and 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 exploring those themes. And they can be they can be heavy, but they can also be very very fun and entertaining at the same time.
2: And, and TTRPGs have always been programmed for queer narratives and stories. There are a lot of there are a lot of queer people who find role playing very edifying, and Isekai can be a wonderful vehicle to draw that out. Um, as are many plot lines, but you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of potential here in the, in the isekai um, kind of narrative style that lends itself very well to exploring queer narratives.
0: So I'm curious for Valor, are there any elements specifically in your game that like mechanically lend themselves to telling a story this kind of way?
2: Uh, Honestly, it's pretty simple uh, to get Isekai into Valor because we were, we designed ourselves to really capture a lot of the more, um, what you see in, like, a lot of battle anime. So things like, you know, Yasha were a consideration when we were doing our initial planning. Um, with Valor, uh, since there's so much narrative driven and with how we do our challenges and things like that, it's, I won't say necessarily that I specifically designed it to capture isekai, just that isekai was always part of our consideration for our overall design because they were, they even even when we were developing before kind of the major isekai boom, um, we've always been aware of this style the anime sphere and we wanted to make sure that we were set up to be able to accommodate it and we can do so well just because of of our overall kind of universe the universality of our design to be able to capture a a big tent of sort of like anime tropes and things like that um so like things like our valor system where you can you can give valor for using like your past knowledge and things like that um or where you can you know, take take knowledge and just just apply it in the situation. Valor has a lot of challenge mechanics set up too to let you be creative and work with the knowledge you have. Um, it's just very easy to do. Thankfully, I'm still very proud of the the work we did with that design because uh, it works and it just works.
0: What are some of the mechanics? Um, cause as we're as we're winding into our last twenty minutes of the episode. Uh, what are some mechanics and like design ideas if if a game designer is looking to implement um, isekai into their games, what what should we do? What should we be on the lookout for?
2: I would definitely say the big thing is knowledge and how that knowledge is applied. So for example, in Valor, our, our challenge system, the way we do things is we have what we call meters, which are a scale of one to 10. With ten being like usually like the best. Like if you get X or Y meter up to ten, then you have a compli- You have ended the scene in a positive manner. But if they go down to one, then you failed it. For example, um, and within that, the way we do it as you're making checks to raise or lower the meter, you, uh, you the creativity of the player is really taken into account. Um, and this is actually inspired a lot by. Uh, a diplomacy system that was pitched by the giant in the playground writer. Oh goodness, what's his name? Um Rich Berlue. Rich Berlue, thank you, who's who, who's a fantastic writer, very experienced dungeon master, has been playing DD forever. Um so he pitches this, this diplomacy thing that's like stuck with me as the designer because it was so good about like applying circumstantial penalties to situation environment. So social status, for example, can be like big penalties or whatever, or like how someone how much someone likes you can be a huge modifier. And then and then um, on top of that, uh, what I say is like uh, really favor methodology to give circumstantial bonuses or penalties, which then lends itself to an isekai character being like, I am a doctor, I have this knowledge, so. I am going to apply this. And I'm like, well, okay. So you have circumstantial bonuses here. However, you are also a child in the peasant. So (laughs) here are your negative modifiers. (laughs) Can you, with your knowledge, overcome these hurdles now? Um, And that's that's the big thing. And honestly, I think more games should do this just in general, is have ways to calculate what, all of the factors of a situation, like status, like yeah. like gender, like knowledge, like just the trust people have in you, relationships, uh, bonds, if you will, for the persona fans, um, how all of that interlocks and interplays to determine the difficulty of any given task and make it less about a single role being success or failure, like I do with the meter system, where it's it's a scene where you're like building up to it. So you're having conversations and you're negotiating. Um, so make it more about the successive successes than about a single role being pass or fail. Make it a scene, make it an encounter of of skills, of minds instead of, of combat and the blades.
1: It strikes me too that you could do Um, You have a dichot, a a split line on, on types of skills. Just as an example, if you come from this modern day, you could, maybe you're playing a character that's very intelligent and they're going to be able to, you know, figure things out um, based on their intelligence, but they only get to apply their normal, big intelligence role to things that would be appropriate to their world and are still appropriate to this new world there. They've got for anything else. They've got big fat penalties, um, and they can still make their checks, but they've got yeah. penalties to deal with, like, you know, how many doctors, you know, or how many like super smart uh, physicists can't, well, I shouldn't say physicist isn't, isn't a good example, but let's say a doctor can, you know, start a fire without lighter or matches, like just doing something as simple as that, um, but that, not that you necessarily want to weigh yourself down with starting a fire campfire, but you know, just as an example, like just there's, there's things that people in the modern day just there's skills we don't have, there's things that we don't know how to do. And then as your character adventures and the stories continue in there, you're not so much, you might be advancing some skills and buying bonuses and gaining things, but you also buying off penalties as you spend more time Mm -hmm. learning how to do these basic things or learning how to function socially in a very different society. Um, I wonder. And that was
2: something I was actually going to mention is like, sometimes the knowledge you have is a penalty. Because mm-hmm. you have expectations of how things should work, and it doesn't go out for you. Again, I, I love ascendant, so I'm going to bring it whenever I can. <laughs> um, she gets isekai'd into a German kind of a German esque world, um, and it's very clear that there's a lot of like the medieval German type inspiration. So like she she kowtows, like right? she does like the deep bow and like the the begging and pleading as a child. And people are kind of weirded out about it, and doesn't get her what she wants, right? So, like, the difference in social and cultural expectations can be yeah. like a big touch point for that.
1: And a, a thought on, and this isn't so much in the mechanics, but it could be tied into all of that. Is if you're you're building this world, that you know, and this is for you could do, use this with jamming. You could also use this if you're designing a game where you're taking people from, as an example, the modern day into a fantasy world. Is don't build the fantasy world to look like a DD or similar world. Let the world be very, very different so that you give the players the experience also of not knowing for sure how these different people get along and what social conventions are like and how the governments are structured and how religions are structured and how the family units are structured and whatever else they're going to encounter as they're over there um because there is a lot of kind of experiential knowledge that longtime gamers take with them and they they very easily can fall into tropes of like oh we got thrust into a fantasy world so elves are like this and dwarves are like this and ogres are like this and well you know flip that on its ear and don't have those those uh, different species and and types of folk or make them very very different and and have their relationships with each other be very very different and have them not be apparent the first time you meet you know like Maybe elves are very different in this world than they are in the typical fantasy world, but it's not going to necessarily be, like, maybe there's a couple of surface things that seem, oh, that's very elf-like, clearly, like, I understand you. But there's other deep-seated stuff that they, like, suddenly find themselves, well, you, you've insulted them, or you've, like, irritated them, or um, you've straight-up broken a law without realizing it, mm-hmm. or whatever the case is.
0: I I-, well, I-, I, I just so fun to have like a a, a culture shock if mm-hmm. for your players it's always a good time
2: you can also flip that on its head like for example if you play in favor and a lot why not run an isekai game where the players are kind of essentially themselves that's like all of your favorite knowledge you just take with you
0: yes yes
2: and, you you and are then, your
0: players playing your DD yeah. game <laughs>
2: And, and so, like, you know about Faerun, you know, you know the politics or whatever, and then drop them in the middle of a big event and let them kind of figure out where they are on the timeline. Because, <laughs> <fun>. like, there's <laughs> so much crazy, crazy things that go down in Faerun, right? So, like, drop them in the middle of something and, and let them, like, realize with dawning realization and horror, oh, this is about to go down. Yes. What do I do?
0: Okay. And then they, then they solve that event, right? They figure it out. Everything goes great. Uh, And then a powerful wizard in the world. I don't, I don't pick an NPC. It doesn't matter. Figures out something's up with these guys or um, like their favorite NPC is also from your world and they don't even know it yet. Like there's like, you could mess with them so hard. The best thing to do is a GM. Mess them so hard.
1: <laughs> I love um. the idea. I love the idea of of like a a powerful wizard, like a diviner or something, figuring out like these people know far too much about what is going on here and what in this period of time that they say is called the time of troubles. But it's you know like it's the it's what 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 it is what it is is you're in the beginning of it and they haven't actually named it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but they say like that seems like a, an apt name for what's going on right now. But they seem to know a lot about like why um, the clerics are freaking out and you know what's going on. <laughs> like, and then they figure out that they're from the future of Faerun, where the time of time of troubles is a century in the past. And now, or okay, from well, now I must, a I must have a story. them, and I must okay. suck all of their brain juice out so that I can learn what's going to happen.
0: Or we need to send them back. They're gonna mess everything up. We're gonna make a big <laughs> ritual. We're sending them back. Go home.
2: I'm gonna send them back. Elminster's approach. I'm going to suck all of their knowledge out. <laughs> oh no, the red wizards found out about me. That's yes. not good.
0: <laughs> okay, this this is the only way I'm playing D&D from now on.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is when the symbol wants to just gain all of your knowledge.
0: All right. Well, we, I don't mean, know how she,
1: we don't know what she's going to use it for.
0: <laughs> it's also my least favorite thing about playing in a set world is when my players know everything about it and nothing surprises yeah. them anymore. So like, that's a good way to resolve it. Um, I was thinking Absolutely, mechanically, yeah. um calling kind of calling back to the knowledge thing from a while ago, where, like your knowledge um as a as your non like the player, the person who's sucked into this world, um can be effective if you have a game where you're going back and forth between the two worlds. Maybe you have to like buy off skills like, yeah, I'm learning how to use magic in this world, but I'm forgetting these things that are going to help me in the other world, et cetera. (laughs) Like some sort of like skill buyback could be fun. And like, like, where are you being pulled? Are you being pulled more toward the fantasy realm? Are you being pulled more toward the modern realm? Like, what is that? And then like make them make those mechanical choices. And then maybe at the end of this game, like this would be great as a, like a one-shot style game. At the end of the session, you have to decide, are you staying in this fantasy world or are you going home and staying there permanently? Like, what are you going to do? Um, very I, find myself,
1: I find myself wondering. Um, now it makes me think uh, in The, the line, the Witch in the Wardrobe, um, when, the, when the kids go through and they spend an entire lifetime being kings and queens and then they yes. come back um with all that experience and knowledge from what they did over there do they still remember how to use a telephone
0: yeah, yeah.
2: good point good <laughs> Do they point. remember
1: did they remember the nuances of wartime england the technology and the cultural and what was going on well, yeah
2: cuz like they they're they're what in their 20s and the Lion, the Witch, and the Road, and the Road but and then they come back as children again,
1: right? Right. Well, right. They go and they well, they 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 spend many years. They spend long enough that kids forget.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, because um, some of those
2: kids were little, little.
1: Yeah, like uh, Lucy was real young. Mm-hmm. She Lucy was, was like, what seven?
2: Seven, yeah. And she uh, comes she back as a as yeah. a twenty
1: something year old. She's been gone for over you know fifteen years, twenty years maybe.
2: Oh, that's
0: that's a horror game now. How much has yeah, yeah. she,
1: she forgotten about just how the world works? Does she remember her friends' names? Yikes! <laughs> like she's suddenly back in a world where oh, like I knew I had friends. Well, anyway, <laughs> but that's one of the things I when you when you mentioned way back at the beginning was like time travel and everything. Uh-huh. It's like, as an Isekai story, time travel can be really fun too. Where you you know like the characters go back, they're going to stop this thing, and it's something you you know people joke about it and make. Um, occasionally make a movie or a, or a comic or something about it, go back and stop Hitler, go back and stop, you know, like stop some horrible thing from happening, but then the world goes down a different path and then they get back to the future. Um, and, you know, it's not just, you know, Biff has a hotel um, and he's married to your mom, but it's like, The whole, it's like, you went back there and you changed something that shifted the path path that the world was going on. And now they isekai themselves back into the past where they didn't know what was going on. And now they've come back to the present day and it's completely different.
2: Well, and that's the thing too. Time looping is actually uh, a common isekai or isekai adjacent. Like there's a series airing right now that I've been like super into. uh, Seventh time loop villainous Mm -hmm. uh, where it's not an isekai, but her thing is she gets disowned by this prince that she'd spent all of her life trying to marry. So like, she's out, she's down on her luck. She gets picked up by some merchants. She learns to become a merchant. She lives a great life with these people. And then she, and then a big war erupts in the country and she dies. Mm. And then she wakes up at that moment of her disownment. So she like goes home knowing she's going to be a disowned. She grabs a bunch of treasures, tries to meet the merchants doesn't meet them instead ends up like traveling and learning to be an herbalist dies in that war again keeps going back keeps acquiring new skills and like gets killed personally by this prince who starts this war in her last life at, posing as a boy and being a knight comes back again and gets proposed to by this man and that's where the story is picking up so like what if you tpk your like what if you act like accidentally in D, tpk your party because that's super easy to do because yep. D can be so swingy and so lethal um what if you tpk them and then you just time loop them back
0: or you tpk them and then they get isekai
2: right <laughs> <laughs> or isekai into another world but like yeah. time looping is an is a great thing too because it's like okay we know we died here what are we going to do different this time and maybe let them take some of like, let them keep certain skill levels higher and continue to maybe level them up a bit at a bit higher rate, but otherwise reset their character sheets back to level one, right? Or level two or where, wherever they were.
1: <laughs> and these- I, I have to throw this out there because I'm the type of person who thinks about these things is if you, if if your time travel story of like going back, changing a thing, and having the new timeline. If that creates a new splintered timeline, so you have an old timeline that you were from, where everything went one way. And now you've created this new timeline. And that's where you go to. And that's a timeline you belong to. Where whatever you did it, that you changed has now created this this terrible future, where like bad things have happened to your friends and family. Now you've made you know made the world in general worse, but you've made it bad for people that you care about and everything. So you go back and you change it again. You're going to splinter it off again morally how often do you keep doing that with when every time you screw up you're creating a splinter with a whole bunch of versions of people you care about that are suffering
0: (laughs) we need to make a time travel um (laughs) row on our um topics list obviously there's so much good i i i want (laughs) to run it i want to run a game like this so badly now and i i I, that means i just need a gaming group i guess like i gotta get one going. <laughs> it's get so a hard, hard.
2: when you like the older you get the harder it is to get groups together it's such, exactly. it's such a challenge yeah i'm 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 very excited i'm actually like i'm working on some projects to do some actual plays uh dealing with kind of the the what happens when the bad timeline goes off um so please look forward to that
1: go go watch um I think it's called one minute time machine. It's a short, a, a, sh- a short film from 2014. Watch. Uh, you can find it online. It's called one minute time machine. And it, it hits on the idea of like create, you know, going back and con- continually trying to do a thing and continue continually failing and having the repercussions of that take mm-hmm. place.
2: Yeah. Or even with time travel. Um, Cause there's uh there's a series that my wife really likes. Um, oh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but the whole premise is like, this guy keeps going back in time and he's able to kind of like positively affect things. Cause like he he's in this time where he finds out this woman he'd kind of like been seeing and was really into, but they drifted apart. She just got killed in like gang violence. And then he goes back to when he was a kid and then he starts going going like back and forth. But like every time he goes back and forth, the amount of time that passes in both the past and the present that's locked so he can go back but to a certain point so like if someone dies in the past again like that's permanent and you can't mm. fix that anymore
0: yikes so pathfinder has some um like lore stuff involving mm-hmm. time that I played with a little bit last time. I played Pathfinder last time. I ran a Pathfinder game, and it's kind of similar to like what you're talking about, but except they didn't do that. If you die in the past, also you're. It was just like a a matter of like anchors in time or whatever. I think that that's a really that ups the stakes. Like yes, we can Mm rewind time, but.
2: Yeah. It, putting limitations on your time travel is usually the best way to execute a time travel story in general. Yeah. Um, but we're getting into like a whole. Oh, a yeah. Whole yeah. Don't worry. Don't
1: worry. I, I put time travel on our topic list. So we'll get there.
2: <laughs> Liana, this has
0: been so fun. I, I'm so glad that you chose this topic. Um, and you're because you're so educated on it. You're so eloquent about talking about it. Um, and uh, yeah, I and now I'm I'm energized. I feel better. I don't, I don't, I don't feel so uh tired because I've gotten to talk about one of my favorite types of anime today <laughs> in a gaming setting. So uh thank you for being on the show.
2: Absolutely. I I I put i like, there were a bunch of topics that you had that were interesting, but I put Isekai on there. I'm like, I am the anime girl. So like you want to do this, <laughs> I can do this.
0: Um do you have any final thoughts for our episode today? Uh
2: I didn't get nearly as spicy as I thought I was going to <laughs> about like the the male-led power fantasies. Um, so that's kind of funny. But yeah, like isekai in general, like there's so much you can do. And there's a reason that like the Naro style has has endured so much and as continues to dominate the industry and why there are so many isekai a season, uh, even if some of them are absolute garbage. Um because there's so much potential in the concept and there's so much you can do uh you just you have to be a bit creative about it it's like yeah it's a popular genre and there are people who will lazily phone it in and do that but you don't have to be one of those and you can do a lot of interesting things with it and I think the idea of escapism of being able to be whisked off into another world is something that especially in our very rough modern era and the interesting times that we live in the idea of being able to go into another world where those burdens are lessened or not there is very appealing to a lot of people. Um, so these are resonant stories and these are stories that people can enjoy and there's a lot you can do with it.
0: Where can we find you and your stuff?
2: Uh, so I am, I am on valorousgames.com, which is our main website. I'm also, uh, valorousgames.com and on uh on um drive-thru rpg we are valorous games uh valor core is available we actually we just got it updated with the big errata set um i'm in the process of getting uh getting the book shipped out it's been slow going because when i have chemo my body's literally shedding toxins and you don't want me touching backer rewards while I'm doing that <laughs> so like I'm, I'm kind of at my best point right now so we're trying to get get some like shipping and packaging stuff set up um so we're getting those books sent out uh the reprint super excited about that uh we're working on like a monster book and stuff like that so lots of interesting things for Valor to come and if you really really like anime and want a system that does anime please check us out.
0: Excellent. Um, you can find me at wannabegames.com or on wannabe games at it, short Drive through RPG. Um, on Kickstarter, when this episode goes out, we will be participating in Zine Quest. We have a Steamboat Willie game where you get to um, you know, explore what what your future will be like as an art creator and as a, you know, as a cartoon mouse. Uh, <laughs> public domain baby exactly I love the public domain so just go check that out um, I think our kickstarter website is like kickstarter.com slash moonpunk because we didn't know that, that's, that was permanent so <laughs> there it is
1: oh uh. I am Nerdberger Craig on the various socials. My website is NerdBurgerGames.com. The games are all available at Uh Capers Cyberpunk is getting closer and closer to fulfilling. Um, I've been spending time this weekend looking at what I hope will be the last round of tweaks. And then I'm going to get some proofs for a couple of things. Um, and then uh, and if those are all good, then it's going to be ordering all the little bits and pieces because it's going to be actually kind of a complex fulfillment system since people had other that Capers mess. products that they could get along with. So oof, it's coming, but it'll get it'll all get done um, Yeah, There you go.
2: Also, thank you, Craig, for being so patient with us as we talk about stuff that you have no idea <laughs> no, what's okay. going on. We, we really I found it really it. interesting.
0: I'm glad. I'm glad. craig craig does have those random episodes where he's like i don't know anything about this i'm gonna listen i'm just gonna learn (laughs) learning
2: is fun yeah absolutely (laughs) well now well now you're empowered so you can go out and you can contribute to isekai
0: (laughs) this podcast is actually just a secret trick to get him to watch anime give him an anime
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, just
1: just figures if we talk bringing
2: me back yeah
1: <laughs> just figures if we talk about anime enough times I will finally break down and just watch a series of something I have watched some anime I'm just not hard. have you at least it.
2: watched cowboy bebop
1: no uh,
2: well make me feel I, bad. I think he would really like <laughs> cowboy bebop honestly yes
0: Thank you to our opening closing theme song, which is Alville by Steph Sacks, licensed under Creative Commons. And thank all of you for listening. See you, space cowboy.